0: All the decisions I make about the stories I tell are intuitive decisions. I either sparked a story or I don't. And and in this case, when Stanley first told me about AI and let me read the treatment in 1984, I immediately said to Stanley, this is the best story you've ever had to tell. And I felt that in 1984. I wish he had lived to tell this story. I would much rather have seen this movie from Stanley Kubrick, but. When I had the opportunity to make the picture, I thought I would satisfy my own urge to simply want to tell a good story, and such as this is, and at the same time, to be able to say this is for my pal Stanley Cooper. Three Films and a Podcast has no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode. All film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders and is used solely with the intent of film criticism, commentary, and education under fair use law. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy.
1: Hello and welcome to Three Films and a Podcast, the show where destiny has intervened in our lives and forced us to broaden each other's film horizons, cinematic horizons, um, by challenging each other to watch things that we haven't really watched before. What started as a movie club amongst us three uh, that evolved into a group chat where we discussed the movies that we watched has now become a full-blown community uh, where we invite you to join us on this journey, watch these movies with us, and uh, communicate with us uh, via social media, interacting with us right here uh, on this podcast, whether that's via reviews, uh, the comment section on YouTube, or... Uh, again on instagram twitter we love interacting with with all of you angry discussing emails these movies. We'll, we'll take angrier the better <laughs> we respond to every angry email so please threefilmspod at gmail.com let's let's light up that inbox um i'm matt weiler um, i'll be hosting today's episode from pleasant grove utah and i'm joined here by tyler beck up in portland oregon that's me hello everyone and a little closer to me, we got Ben Lawhorn up in Salt Lake City. Hello. For those of you new to the show, um, welcome to the movie club. And uh, I just wanted to do something that I try to do every time I host. It's my which favorite. Is take you back uh, to, to, to sort of set the tone. And so for those of you listening, please close your eyes, even if you're driving, mm-hmm. and just imagine where I'm about to take you. The year is 2001, and there hasn't been a space odyssey, at least not yet, and at least not like the movie. But your family has decided to go to the movies, and they've put a few movies into the hat. Among those are Disney's Atlantis, Dr. Dolittle 2, Moulin Rouge, and AI Artificial Intelligence. Your sister draws, and she pulls out Dr. Dolittle 2. Classic. Coming off the heels of Saving Private Ryan, your dad makes the executive decision the patriarchal decision and decides to audible to Spielberg's latest AI artificial intelligence.
2: That, so uh, right. that story hit a little too close to home for me. Oh yeah. That sounds like something that would have happened in my life. Although, <laughs> Well, let me refer It sounds like something that my sister would have blamed me for. She would have picked a movie, but then I would have wanted to see something else. And she would argue that we would have gone to see what I wanted to watch. So I am oh. the patriarchy.
0: <laughs> Can't wait for that angry email. Oh, patriarchal representation sorry, in your family. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I know I saw artificial intelligence in the theater, and I'm looking at what was in the theater during that time, and I I don't remember recall seeing any of the other ones in theater. Maybe I saw Moulin Rouge in theater, um, but it seems to be that this was probably a similar conversation that happened in my family like what should we see Disney's Atlantis no Dr. Dolittle 2 no no yeah Spielberg the, so AI artificial intelligence uh came out you know between Saving Private Ryan and Minority Report and so those are kind of the where it's placed on his filmography um and so if you're a, a big Spielberg nut you know this was this is almost 20 years ago
0: in two weeks exactly oh, wow. good time I mean, by the time this comes out it might be exactly yeah it might, it might be exactly Whoa. so 20th
1: anniversary look at that scene. We, were like,
0: we were in the heart of spielberg's light-hearted family stuff you know saving private ryan <laughs> yeah. artificial intelligence minority report oh like, yeah Let's bring the family to the theater. You know, <laughs> let's lighten it up a little bit. Nothing's more on brand for Spielberg than <laughs> these three movies. <laughs> no,
1: it's true. Um, uh, yeah that's it's crazy. Spielberg who, um, for those who maybe for for those who are completely Spielberg light Spielberg novices, Spielberg obviously way more well known for e.t um et <laughs> no the uh, indiana wait, jones trilogy did he, do,
2: the, he did et right yeah
1: yeah I he did so. et let me pull up <laughs> he may have done that other alien one um no that is et no just kidding uh, no i mean he's he does the the high adventure stuff and so it is interesting to see from 1998 to 2002 he did saving private ryan ai and minority report which was a little bit that's, that's him mixing it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But as far as this, this experience, I want to move over to sort of how we uh, came about this. And I, so from this round of Spielberg, we've covered Kubrick, we've covered Hitchcock. We're doing Spielberg uh, Bencho's close encounters of the third kind, which I believe was the first watch for all three of us. Right. Yep. Yeah. Ready player one, which was the first watch, I think for Tyler only.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it was my first watch,
1: but yes. And then um, AI. Have I had either of you guys seen AI? No.
0: Um, yes, but I didn't remember it. Um, I was going to talk about that. I completely I'll put it this way. Seeing Jude Law was a surprise. It's like, oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. like I only remember the first story you know, where he's like the kid that comes in and then the other kid comes back. That's, I, that's what I thought the entire movie was about. Like in my memory, it's like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I think I remember that. So once we like, like just like, you know, smash cut over to two laws, like, wait, what <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. is this him growing up? Did I forget all this? So yeah, I don't, I remembered whatever 45 minutes of the movie. I forgot the last hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. I
2: um, my first time watching it i literally finished the movie about an hour ago um and yeah you know i don't know if we're getting into how we felt about the movie right away um yeah but it it was it was a it was not what i expected let me just say that Mm -hmm. i i don't know what i was expecting um but i do know that I was expecting Kevin Spacey for some reason. And it's just like, mm. it's you you're be- watching
0: K packs. That- I guess yeah.
2: it, it's, I, it's becoming my thing. I guess that's three Spielbergs in a row where a yeah. uh, close encounters. I mixed up Bob Balaban and Richard Dreyfuss <laughs> uh, ready player one. I thought Harrison Ford was in it. Cause I guess I confused it with Ender's game. Mm. And then this movie uh, I was expecting Kevin Spacey. And so when we first hear Teddy speak, I was like, oh, that must be him with some like effects, like robot <laughs> yeah. effects applied to his voice. And, and it kind of sounded like him. If you're if you're expecting it, you can mm-hmm. talk yourself into it sounding like him, especially because they like roboticized his voice or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it was a is overall it was an interesting experience. It, w- it took me completely by surprise where we went. And I'm sure that we will get into that more in a little bit um Mm -hmm. but uh overall you know this is good it's interesting
0: i don't think kevin spacey would have been out of place though like just briefly discussing the voiceover artists that we have in here because like this is where i kind of got confused because i i knew it wasn't bicentennial man but for some reason (laughs) i was still waiting for robin williams (laughs) and then suddenly uh, he showed up and i was like oh wait he is in this you know starving minds welcome to dr no well, fast food for thought is served up 24 hours a day in 40,000 locations nationwide.
1: Is this is like a man. Yes.
0: Like him, Ben Kingsley, Meryl Streep, like just calling oh, yeah. her in for some voiceover. She's the the blue fairy at the end. That's her. Oh, OK. And then, That's you know, Chris Rock, who's like the guy who gets shot out of the. Yeah, cannon, that was, and like, that that man, was great. Man, when you're Spielberg, you can just call in the big hitters, like, hey, Ben Kingsley, I need you to come do some voiceover work for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, sure. Like, I think you just kind of have that pull. So this was this was a, a really good cast, obviously. Like Matt Eye Mooney, you know, being in here. It's like, oh yeah, Brendan Gleason's in this. I forgot about that. So um yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. and good to see uh Thunderbolt Ross and Agent Colson together again. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: I had seen this. When it came out um twenty years ago and remembered almost nothing from it um i remembered i did remember jude law in it
0: um mm. hard to forget hard to yeah. forget j law man yeah the original
1: the original original model in this one too <laughs> um yeah i I don't remember loving it, but it over the years like I remember wanting to revisit this especially with with how things have advanced you know in real life with artificial mm. intelligence and I knew that this wasn't like the, uh, what was that, uh, Will Smith, iRobot? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a much different take on artificial intelligence than iRobot. And so I just wanted to see, you know, what, what was up with this one. So that's, that's why I chose it for this round. Mm. Um, I, uh, I watched it with my kids, and I was actually pretty shocked. They hated david they really they hated david i love that and like we had to pause it at a certain point because there's the uh so so first of all they they felt threatened by david Mm. and they empathized with the kid coming back you know oh wow and so it was interesting because yeah i mean for as an adult it's like the kid that kid's evil the kid is trying to Destroy everything, uh, but no, they empathized with them, and they didn't really get the cues that he was like trying to be mean like half the time. Mm-hmm. And so there's that scene where David gets scared, and he's holding, like, accidentally holding the kid into the pool, and they thought yeah. David was trying to kill the kid. And so there, wow. we had to pause the movie and sort of explain, like, "Hey, look, uh, do you think this guy was trying to be nice to David um, with these three things, or do you think they're, he was trying to get him in trouble? You know, talk them into sort of." understanding that david's like the protagonist of the story like yeah Yeah. he's the one you're supposed to be relating to
0: yeah you're supposed to like him (laughs) well Well, it's funny yeah
2: it's funny because i didn't like david either you know i that was one of my biggest complaints from the movie is i was just like it's like i just don't care what happens to this thing
3: Mm.
2: (laughs) you know what i mean like uh i mean not to say that uh david wasn't portrayed well like Haley Osment did an incredible job i thought like the way he was able to like look somewhat robotic and look like unfeeling yet like friendly at the same time like unfeeling yet with feeling you know what i mean like just yeah. the yeah. whole robot thing i thought he did a great job um but overall i just like the whole time watching the movie i was just like yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Who cares? Like <laughs> I, like I thought I thought it was pr- like provocative and interesting, but like I found the less time we actually spent with David the better. Like th- th- yeah. I like the the I liked the fish out of water element of like yeah. viewing the world through David, but I just wish we could have spent more time in like th- the real world when he gets uh abandoned essentially. I wish we could have spent more time going through that world and, and watching him kind of like figure out and come to grips with where he's at. Like the whole finding the whole Pinocchio version of the story. Mm -hmm. I just was like, I don't know. I've already seen Pinocchio. I don't need to see it through a robot's eyes. You know what I mean? It just like, I just didn't care about his story. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting that your kids like had, they, not that they didn't care about him, but, I I understand what they're saying. Yeah. You know? Well, I think,
1: and I I agree with you to to a large extent. I mean, there it's almost like when uh, William Hurt is he, asking the question, like, "Can you love like a robot the way you mm. love a child?" I almost feel like that's like challenging the audience too. Like, yeah. can we connect with this character? And yeah. I I agree. Like, I feel like by the end, where he's like down in the water and frozen and looking at the fairy because he wants to be a real boy, it's like. There wasn't really like an emotional thing there for me at all. It's yeah, like, it's just a robot that's living still because I've, he's a robot. I felt
2: worse for Teddy at the end of the movie when he <laughs> just sits at the end of the bed, mm. and yeah. like in a lot of ways, I feel worse for him because Teddy never had a choice; like he just has to sit there.
0: Yeah. Like yeah,
2: David. I mean, I know he's programmed, and he was, uh, he was winter soldiered into loving his <laughs> mom forever.
3: Jelani.
0: Stop. Cyrus? Socrates
3: particle
2: But like, you know, he had some degree of agency, you know what I mean, at least somewhat. so it was just like, yeah, he made the decision to go down there. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that for me was like I, I think like the one time I felt for David was when they're trapped by the carousel and he's yeah, like, please that make me a real boy. Please make me a real tough, boy. It's like sure. oh man. Because he has such blinders on this all right. he wants. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just gonna sit there until his, you know, power drains and that's it. But yeah, it's definitely felt like um two different stories to mm-hmm. me. Like once we get to the flesh fair, you know, like meeting Jude Law and stuff, it's like, oh okay, here's the second part of this mm-hmm. story. Because that first half I think it's an interesting story in itself. You know, it's kind of like the, um, Macaulay Culkin, Elijah Wood, like the good son, like you could have done a mm-hmm. whole movie just about that. Or this kid just trying to like destroy the robot. And I, and I felt for the brother too like coming back and it's like, Oh, you guys already replaced me. That's yeah. Like, like what yeah. the
2: fuck? I've already
0: <laughs> mentioned Marvel twice, but it's kind of the end game thing. Like when people mm-hmm. come back and it's like, what, like you've moved on already. Like I wasn't gone that long. It's like, well, it's been five years for us. You, so you, you know, took down happens. 10 Japanese syndicates. while I was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, yeah, it was just a very harsh, like, cool. Now we're in a whole different story. It just felt like that first half kind of felt like the Kubrick stuff. I think, mm-hmm. you know, like, kind of yeah. like the family drama, that kind of like aspect. And the like, and the, then, the, the weird tension. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we go into like, you know, essentially the Pinocchio story, like the twisted Pinocchio story, which like I could see the Spielberg in it. I did mm-hmm. the whole time. I just like it felt like watching ant-man you know it's like oh that's edgar wright like that's what that was and Mm -hmm. i felt like this the whole time it's like oh that's kubrick for sure like i know spielberg directed this but kubrick worked on it for like 20 years beforehand Mm -hmm. handed over the script like you could still i think kind of see that stuff yeah i wonder how much more nuts it would have been if it had just been kubrick like according to spielberg spielberg added all the really dark stuff which Hmm. kind of blows my mind but yeah yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it was hard not to see those touches in there. And it was just like a real interesting, I guess, the closest thing we have to kind of like a collaboration on a project. <laughs>
2: yeah, it is an interesting twist on it because you can, like you said, the fr- it does feel like two movies. And I actually really, really liked the setup because when she says, oh, I wish I had told you about the real world or I'm sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. tell you about the real world. And you're like, oh, shit, we're going somewhere yeah really different like we're in for something and we were and i guess i've personally just wish it would have been more about that more about david running from the law or you know i wish it could have been like him and jude law and like an escape movie like a running from the cops movie like sort of like a buddy Mm -hmm. a buddy Buddy robot yeah buddy robots you know what i mean because one's a sex robot i really thought like they're like ignorant like I guess optimism really, you know, like Mm -hmm. they, they both know exactly what they're doing, but they have no idea what they're talking about. You know (laughs) what I mean? And they're like the blind leading the blind. I really loved that dynamic and, and everything about that until basically we go to New York and then I just was like done, <laughs> was like, which is the 50 minutes I watched today. I was like, I just wish I wouldn't even log in. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> the, the fact that Jude law gets to stay with him was weird to me the whole time because the way they're treating these robots, like I know David wouldn't let go of his hand, but like, I feel like these kind of people would just cut off Jude laws arm. right. Oh, 100%. Like, you're not going, you know, like I get it's a movie and we have to have Jude law go and all the reasons it happens later on. But yeah, just in watching this is like they are literally just like burning these people for fun. You know, there's going to be like, well, the kid doesn't want to let him go. So we'll let him go. It's like, no, you guys it's just kid. like
2: it's a cute. He saw
0: his hand off. That's what you would do. Like, cool, <laughs> take the hand. We're keeping the guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was kind of a strange like concession that they made. Like, eh, let him have his like animatronic bear in this like sex yeah. robot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think one of the, the other reasons why my kids didn't connect with David was Spielberg made the decision to sort of uh, include these like eerie and trippy sequences with David. Yeah, mm. both both when he like arrives at home for the first time and then again when he is kind of like faced with this maker and seeing all the Davids There's yeah. like these like really trippy sequences and. uh it kind of an odd decision to make when you're trying to make the audience empathize with the robot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Cause it, that kind of just like brings you back out. It's like whatever emotional attachment you've built up to this point. Well, let's reset that because remember he's a robot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: I do feel like as a Pinocchio story, it's interesting that we can sort of connect with Pinocchio who's like not a real person and who's obviously a cartoon. If we're going off of the Disney iteration, um, but we have a harder time connecting to like someone who looks real, but mm-hmm. is we're being told as a robot.
2: Yeah. And I, I wonder if it's just because, you know, like I know not every kid is cut from the same cloth. Like, you know, we're all individuals, but like none of your kids act like David, I would assume. Right, Matt? Like they don't all whisper all the time and like, you know what I mean? And I know, I know
1: that
2: he was right. Like I, you know, we can hear them, you know, playing in the background when we record a lot of times because they're kids and like kids just have more. And like animation to them than this Mm -hmm. robot did. And like, I know that the point of this, this thing was to just straight up, just love his mom and to just sit there pining after, you know, like fawning out there and like glowing eyes staring at his mom. But it's just like, like he's just it's just weird you know what i mean it's like i know he's a robot so it should be weird to like connect with a robot but pinocchio had like character and personality and he was charming david was just like this weird little kid that just he whispered the whole time you know what i mean it's
0: just that's a real interesting point because it's like it's it feels like i'm sure there are other examples but this is a movie where the protagonist isn't meant to have an experience. Mm -hmm. Like the protagonist was made for the parents. Mm -hmm. It's like, cool. We made this child robot for you, you know, to like help console you, whatever. So this is what this kid is for. Like this kid isn't supposed to like go play and have fun. It's like, no, this, like, can you love a child? Like if you lose a child, we want to help you with that. So we have a protagonist who like is essentially like created for someone else but now we're like experiencing life through their eyes. And so I think, yeah, maybe that's why i mean, also he was the prototype, you know, maybe, you know, down the road. Like, oh, let's let them have a little more curiosity or animation. Like you said, like, let them yell. Like, I mean, that's the that laugh that he gives at like the, the table or whatever. It's like so jarring. It's like, it's what like-
2: the fuck?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, like kids, they learn from when they're born to whatever, like when they start laughing, you know, it's like what's appropriate. And like, this is day one with this kid. He's like, oh, okay, this is how we laugh now. Super loud, <laughs> just yeah. like really, whatever. It's like <laughs> kind of figuring it out. But again, like, I don't know that that's what it was created for necessarily. Like it was just, it, it, I don't know. My impression I was like, this is made for grieving parents. This right. isn't made like we're not making robots to let them experience life. We're making them for us. So it's an interesting perspective, I think, to have that be a, the person that we're seeing the movie through, our protagonist. You know, it's like he's discovering stuff that he was never supposed to see.
2: And with the, with I I know I keep derailing this thing and whatever, but like. That was another weird thing about the whole the whole concept in general, like these are supposed to be like really intelligent people that are creating these robots like the, the level of engineering that has to go into something like that is pretty incredible. And granted, I guess in this movie's world, it could be that technology is to a point where like average people can have access to it and create wonderful things with it. Mm -hmm. But like part of the magic of children is the fact that it is fleeting and that it's short lived. Mm -hmm. Like Matt, as a, as a father, like, I'm sure one of the things you think about the most is how fast your kids are growing up. Like I hear it from people all the time, but that's Mm -hmm. also what makes it so special. And this like, and David has none of that. And so like, I just wish we could have seen, I wish it would like, we could have seen like 20 years down the road or Mm. 10 years down the road when uh, the parents are 10 years older, but David's still 10 years old.
3: Mm. Like,
2: does it like, it's yeah. got to, it's got to get old and like, there's no, it's just, it, it's, why didn't they think of that? I mean, <laughs> you, he know brings it up,
0: you know, he's like, are you going to die? You know? And right. so he's like, oh no, I'll be around for like 50 years. Then he asked Teddy, like is 50 years, a long time. It's like, well, <laughs> no, you're, you know, you don't know this yet, but you're going to be in this like little aquatic helicopter for 2000 years. So 50s. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So that's an interesting. It's thing just so too. short-sighted
1: because, like, kind of, yeah. well, it's kind of the perfect Spielberg thing too, right? Like mm-hmm. intentionally dodging something like that. Like yeah. we're not yeah. going to address that because, like, we'll we'll address it in a conversation, but we're not going to show you what that would look like because, you know, for this story and for this, you know, these parents, yeah, this child's going to be it. I
2: guess I just yeah, couldn't like buy in coward. from the beginning,
0: you know. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, th- I think like a, that doesn't get a dress and then gets covered up or like brushed under the rug when the sun comes back. It's right. Like, oh, okay, cool. So now it doesn't matter if David's going to stay the same age forever because they got their son back. So they'll mm-hmm. be able to like grow together. And like, does David's he just turn into their here.
2: Butler eventually? Like,
0: yeah, exactly. The little <laughs> 10 year old Butler, you know? like, like
2: just weird. Like don't make me a Manhattan, David. They, okay. The whole point was that they were trying to make something that a person could love. Mm. but the the, by the nature by the nature of the device they've created they're going to get sick of it they just are like we like you get we as humans get sick of the things that are are routine to us right like we buy new cars every five years even though they work just fine just because we want new ones i do it i just did it you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it's just like there's no way they don't get sick of david and he just turns into yeah like their the little errand boy they teach him to drive and yeah. <laughs> he goes well, think, and gets yeah. the milk
1: i think the short sight, and you can relate to this tyler's a developer is probably not having a reverse imprint protocol
2: yeah mm. seems <laughs> it seems strange yeah seems strange
1: you can you can imprint but you cannot it cannot be undone <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah. why did you release this <laughs> yeah right <laughs> this isn't ready yeah. for public
0: Yeah, it's It's like the click wheel iPod. It's like it's cool to have, but you're not using (laughs) it anymore. Like (laughs) we've developed so
2: much more now. But does he just sit in the closet and they pretend he's hide and seek for the rest of his eternity? (laughs) You know, like I don't know. We've really we've really beat up on David. But I mean, it really is Matt, you put in the in the doc like you asked why should someone watch this thing and how would you explain it to someone? And I would just explain it with sort of like what we've been talking about and it's just it's it is a cool cautionary tale about the pitfalls of artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. the fool's errand in trying to capture the essence of what it means to be human and to love. Um and it and it, it is thought-provoking and it is um um uh what's the other where it starts at the p? Oh, provocative. It's the same word.
3: <laughs> it is provocative.
2: It is provocative, and it, it is Law's interesting. He is very product, provocative. Jude Law's great, and the visual effects are actually like pretty outstanding, and they mm-hmm. held up incredibly mm-hmm. well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just I, I don't know. I just think, despite all that, in my in my opinion, it just missed the mark. So, you know, like I said, we're all we're all different. So. You know, you're listening to this. Maybe you haven't seen the movie. Uh, we've just ruined a lot of it for you, but <laughs> I would like, recommend it.
0: It's sci fi Pinocchio. I think it's the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. I would recommend it to people because I feel like Haley Joel Osman has got to be on the child actor oh, rush more. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like if you look it up in encyclopedia, it's got to be him. Like, just Sixth Sense, this secondhand lions. Like, he's, he, I know mm-hmm. he still acts now, but. He's just always going to be the child actor and he's great at it. You know, he's phenomenal. This is on the Haley Joel Osment Rushmore, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like the Rushmore of the Rushmore here. It's like, you've got to see it because it's amazing. Like that scene where she like says the words or whatever to connect him to yeah. her you know and then he's like he calls her mommy for the first time it's like my god this kid that's just like he can just turn it on so quick mm-hmm. and it like it yeah. got me you know i was like oh man like yeah i see how she would fall in love with him in a heartbeat You're like what'd you call yeah. me he's like mommy you know like all that kind of stuff and then that the same on the on the other end of the spectrum is like when he goes to manhattan and he sees all these davids hanging around like that's gotta be weird as shit. And you can see that on his face. It's like he's coming to terms with like when he meets the other David and just loses his mind. And doesn't I know he even say whatever, like, but my he's brain so is good. broken or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that would definitely be part of the pitch. If anyone is asking me if they should watch it, I would just say, even just for Haley Joel Osmond's performance alone, like he was he was really great in this. He was so yeah. good. I don't think anything's ever gonna top the, you know, the infamy of Sixth Sense, but this right. was a great performance. Yeah. Also
2: when he said his brain is broken, how come putting some spinach in his mouth breaks him, but not water? falling to the bottom of a salty ocean? Yeah. Cause There's, it didn't happen
0: in the pool either. Right. Like I was yeah, thinking about that. It's
2: like they've built a fail safe for water, which as an electronic device is essentially impossible. Yeah. At least over that great amount of time, but like <laughs> some spinach just about did him in. I don't know. just, there's weird. some
1: there's some chemical makeup in spinach that just That's does true. Not go with the, the alloys yeah. used. In I forgot the, the, yeah. the Popeye coefficient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, as Tyler kind of alluded to, we're hard pressed to push anyone away from watching any movie, whether we yeah. like it or not. Uh, we want everyone to watch every movie so we can talk about it. And even if all of us hated it, we'd still want you to watch it just so we could talk about it. That's right. Um,
0: but Shout out Larry Crown.
1: Larry Crown, please watch. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I, it's. Yeah, I mean, Ben said it. Sci-fi Pinocchio. um, It's pretty on the nose. It's not hidden. This is a Pinocchio story. Um, It might have the best robotic bear in film history. Could. could Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a better robotic bear. Please send me your hate mail if you think otherwise. (laughs) You're about to Um, hear from
0: Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) He's about to let you know. Is Ted a robot? oh no i guess not he's just like a stuffed animal come just, to life huh yeah 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 probably best robotic bear
1: all right good job teddy way to go ted <laughs> <laughs> teddy ted and teddy 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 actually looks a little bit like ted i wonder yeah. If, uh, yeah
0: that must have been inspired by it like i mean stuffed animals stuffed animal but they, yeah. they were like, watching they're AI. Really they're similar. like you know what would be funny <laughs> yeah. What if we made him a smart ass? Yeah. yeah. What, if, what you, if we made, no made him an alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah, That's it. That. I'm producing it. Yes. <laughs>
1: um I think uh in in this movie, Pinocchio David is not having an issue with lying. He's having an issue with coping with being I mean Pinocchio copes with this too, but he's coping with the jealousy of not being a human being. That's mm-hmm. kind yeah. of his vice. And that's really kind of what the core of what uh, this is adapted from a short story. Uh, the short story is way more themy in that regard. Mm. This idea of like not being loved as a robot the way other people are. And actually in the, in the short story, when I, when I looked into it a little bit, his feud is with Teddy. It's not with the real boy. Oh, oh interesting. interesting. So it's kind of a, hmm. he kills, feels kind of threatened there. Um, and so, I guess part of my elevator pitch would to to try to get you to watch this would be: Does it have a happy ending? Sort of, but at what cost? <laughs> but at what cost? Dun, dun, dun. You have to watch it to find out. Um, <laughs> so, we, we, we like to talk about uh, Spielbergisms. Um, if you're new to Spielberg, what makes this movie Spielbergy? If if we haven't covered it yet, what would be the quick the quick thing people should look out for that said, "Aha, oh, this is this is Steven Spielberg." I guess for me,
2: just like we, we, we've we talked about it a bunch, but just like heart and optimism. Uh, and in this case, just like blind uh, optimism by, by virtue of having no other choice. Really? You know what I mean? Like uh, something is only some, a computer only does what it's, what it's told to do. And uh, J law was told to seek out women and please them. And uh, David was, program to just love his mom that's it um and so but despite that like it was you know it's interesting that this movie is about it's interesting that the way this movie is about heart uh it's not about heart in the same way that like saving et just for the sake of saving et is or um you know uh what's the jurassic park what's the guy's name the the archeologist guy. I don't know what whatever his name is in real life, but you know, he wears the Sam hat. Neal. Sam Neil. Yeah. It's not about Sam Neal coming to terms with like, find like, you know, creating affection for these kids. It's not about, uh, you know, any of these other like Spielbergy things like saving private Ryan, just making their way through, you know, the horrors of war to go save one guy. It's not about any of that. It's about, how those things are intangible and are like recognizable, but not quantifiable. And so it, it, it is, in, it's just, it is interesting the way that's about heart, but I would say that's what like this whole thing is about really.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've, we've said this before about Spielberg. Um, one thing to look for in this movie is Spielberg's a showman. Uh, he, he's a big and on spectacle and production and thrills. And so you're, you're going to see it, bits of that in here. Uh, But where Spielberg sets himself apart from others, even still to today, is just he's a master storyteller. And so you're going to get all the spectacle, you know, the blockbustery stuff. This isn't like your traditional blockbuster. Like you wouldn't gather your friends, head to the drive-in to go see AI. (laughs) Yo, we're going to go see AI. (laughs) Get in the Bronco. Let's go see AI.
0: Um, Bro, let's uh, sneak
2: out of your house when your mom falls asleep. We'll go check out that new AI movie. Yeah,
0: dude, dude the new AI Osmond like movie We
1: gotta go see it. We've seen
0: it like times. Dude, there's the sex
3: time.
1: robots, bro. <laughs> Jude Law scene. <laughs> uh, I'll
2: tell you what, man. Uh, I was I was charmed by Jude. I mean, obviously it's Jude Law, but it's like, yeah, I, that was a well-programmed robot.
1: Mm. I was in. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, takes creator Jude law. His creator knew their stuff. Mm. um but yeah so storyteller first you're going to get great storytelling you know whether you connect with david or not
0: i think too i mean you brought up the short story which i didn't know about but it also just brings true to me that spielberg would turn the antagonist in the short story into like his buddy throughout the movie and it's like oh uh, let's have uh, like his friend not be what they're fighting against let's have them go on this journey together And it's about him wanting to just become a real boy. Like, let's make it more about Pinocchio and less of, like, he needs a companion, that kind of a thing. It's like, it seems very, like, you know, Elliot and E.T., whatever. Like, let's have them work together through this thing. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, it's been mentioned, but he's just like the, I think he's so good at Spectacle. We brought it up with Ready Player One, but when we were in what is essentially, you know, the Pleasure Island from the cartoon Pinocchio, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like yeah i i'm i feel this space like i i just you know like we could have like a vr walking through here I'm <laughs> like yeah everything has been thought out like this is yeah not as dark as blade runner but it's like it's mm-hmm. kind of in that same vein where it's like it's neon it's like i mean the those whatever the subway or the the highways like going into that mouth <laughs> you know that kind of a thing it's like it's like it's not subtle by any means but it's like it's a thing that sticks out It's like that's a that's a choice to do that, you know, like because it yeah. could just be a bridge going over there. But it's like, let's people let's let people know they're really like now it's starting, you know, and I think Interesting just, that's he, on
1: the cover of this movie, too.
0: Like, is that's that, a, oh, I didn't notice. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's just one thing he's great at, just like setting the scene. Like he makes every place Phil lived in. And if you want to hear us say that, you can listen to the last two episodes of Spielberg, too, because <laughs> yeah. he just he does it. You know, it's yeah. Just yeah. Like, this is where we're at. This is where we're going to be and he's really really good at that
2: right yeah he definitely it always feels like he just picked someone's house to film in (laughs) and just started filming you know like it he does lived in about as well as you could possibly
1: through 10 times more junk than is usually in the house yeah i guess this one is a lot more minimal i mean yeah
3: true
2: pretty clean yeah um they had a lot of stuff shoved in that closet, though. That's
1: true. That's true. A lot
0: in there. And I guess once the
1: kid got home, there was a lot more toys in the room just yeah. like scattered about. Um, so I had an interesting conversation about movies just this last, um, I guess, two weeks ago when I wrote up this, this document. Um, and it's something that we all hear, um, but we don't really address it. And being a movie podcast, we haven't really addressed it. And this isn't a movie that actually pushes anything um, one way or the other, but I figured it was a good opportunity just to bring it up. Why not on AI? You know, bring something like this up. Sure. <laughs> but it's it's this whole conversation around, and you you hear it. And this isn't this isn't a place to, I guess, put my stake in the ground anywhere um, on a political ideal, ideological standpoint. But you, you tend to hear from conservative audi- conservative audiences in movies these days, and especially these days but I guess it's always sort of existed just this idea that there's an agenda Mm. that's being pushed and whether there is or isn't, it usually has to do with one subtle thing in the movie that really doesn't have anything to do with the story or have anything to do with the theme. But the fact that that character even exists in the movie, all of a sudden becomes, you know, an agenda. And so part of this question is just, um, you know, what what is this movie trying to say, uh, if it's trying to say anything. Uh Tyle, you briefly touched on like its commentary on artificial intelligence. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of movies that have much harsher or much more like depth in the in the in that theme or in, in that agenda if it was pushing anything one way or the other. Um, but yeah, like you typically, like historically, like if you have one like gay character or you have one or more than one like black character, all of a sudden there's an agenda there. It's like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. There's two black people in this movie. Like what's it trying to, what's it trying to pull? Yeah. And it's like, honestly, like these, these movies, uh, even in 2001, like this wasn't a super diverse movie by any means. Um, the the characters, (laughs) I mean, you could, you could argue that Jude Law is like a pretty risque, you know, character. Um, but if you were to try to, assign an agenda to this movie there really wouldn't be you know a strong one um so yeah. I, i'd be curious what your guys' take on that is
0: yeah i mean this definitely wasn't a diverse film i think looking back on it now that i think our only speaking part for a person of color which is just a robot. Chris rock ends up getting like shot out of a cannon and set yeah. on fire. I believe that's the only speaking part, so. you know, for a non white person, which is just kind of weird, you know, but um, I do think whatever kind of agenda or theme there is really gets summed up in, you know, Jude Law's speech to David, where it's just like, they're just afraid of us. Cause they know we're going to outlast them, you know, like they're, that's why they're doing all this stuff. And I think that just is so easily like um, it's such a big metaphor for minorities and how like fragile white people are scared of that, you know, because it's like we've been, you know, in charge forever. And like, I, I mean, yeah, we don't need to get into super heavy politics, but I've had family members who like when Obama was president, it's like, oh, like now black people are taking over like, dude, you know, there's been one non-white person in this office yeah. since the country has existed. Like, it's fine. You're it's fine. trying to, you know, everything's okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. And I think that is kind of the message that it's giving, at least when it comes to like that whole flesh fair thing and all of them just treating them like, like all the, what is is it Orga and Mecca? Yeah. You know, like all the orgas like treating them as entertainment it's that kind of a thing. And I think Jude Law's speech really summed it up nicely. It's like, they're just afraid of us because they know we're going to outlive them and they don't know how to deal with that. And I think that's just kind of like, you know, the fact that white people won't be or aren't, you know, the, the predominant race as they shouldn't be like, everything should just be like mixed, you know, everything should be equal and that kind of thing. But there are just, as we've seen in these last four years and whatever, like the people who just are so, Have a fragile sensibility about that, and I think almost you could kind of sum up the last four years just in that one flesh fair scene. You know, it's just kind of kind of a bummer. So I don't know that that was necessarily like an agenda, or if that even answers your question. But that was like kind of the first thing I thought of was just that that speech that he gives. It's like the people who are in power when they're losing power will do whatever they can to keep it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to uh, to think about whether or not this film has an agenda. Because my instinct is, is kind of like I've uh, insinuated is that it, it sort of does, but I guess it is just more of a theme uh, in, in that it, I, I believe it to be a somewhat cautionary tale. And when you mentioned the uh, the flesh fair scene to me, that whole scene, I was just like these robots, these robots have more humanity than any person in that stadium. Mm-hmm. Right. Like these are mm-hmm. beings that to some degree can feel and have some recognition of the things that are going to happen to them. Like Chris rock is getting some good one liners in. he knows he's getting shot at. He knows he's coming to the end there. Like all these robots in those, in that cage, they know what's going to happen to them. And to me, it was just sort of a, it it, it seemed to insinuate to me or it seemed to be making the case that like we need to as individuals and as a society and as a species like be careful of of, like the way in which we treat creation and life and like Mm -hmm. it's like the cautionary tale against playing god right because you know jude law has this whole speech about like you were saying, Ben, um, they're afraid of us because they know that we last forever and they don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like in 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 this movie, the human's pursuit of, you know, fixing all of the problems or fixing all of the things that are that are bad or fixing or using a artificial intelligence as a aid for the things that make us sad or uncomfortable. We're not and we're not actually like sharpening our edges as humans right like we're Mm -hmm. doling our edges because we don't there's nothing there's no friction there's no there's nothing to like help help us maintain our character as a as a as a species as a as a society so like you know like we we've we trained ourselves by we I mean the we in this movie the humans in this movie have trained themselves to be unfeeling and to be Cold, right, like yeah. not everyone, but we only see one rich family that has a robot kid, for all we know, like the rest like everyone below the one percent lives in these flesh fairs and is yeah. and are and are the terrible people that we see launching these creatures that they created just so they could in jude Law's case, get off for a night or in mm-hmm. david's case, erase the the death of their child, which I mean. For fuck's sakes, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't have yeah. kids. Uh I just lost a I mean I just lost a dog and like it's hard. And if you told mm-hmm. me that there was a way to just like band-aid that, you know, maybe I would have taken it. Maybe not in the case of my dog, but if it was my child, I imagine that's a deal I might be enticed to take. But I just think it's saying like we have to be careful about that sort of stuff and it's these are things that are starting to happen in our world like cars can drive themselves. And uh, I don't know, I'm rambling and going on a tangent here, but that's to me, if there was any agenda, that's what it would be. But I do think it's just more of a theme and more of like a just a, a a thought experiment, really.
0: Yeah. And I just wanted to know, just to add on to that, like you're right, that everyone has become like kind of cold and desensitized to the situation. And the only time it stops is when they see a kid because right. they have never seen a kid robot before. And right. so then they're just like, Oh wait, no, this is a kid, you know? And And then Gleason's like, no, it's a robot. Like it's, it's just like everything else. He just, he looks cuter than the other ones do. They're like, no, you can't kill a kid. He's like, no, it's not a kid. <laughs> you know, like, you like this you know, he can kill his mind. Like this is you just know, like all the rest of them. Cause he's all as those, cold
2: with all those Davids lined up 30 yeah. more, 50 more, a hundred more Davids in 30 more years. And that's the first thing shot into the cannon. But yeah,
0: or that's it's, the the finale, say. You know, yeah, it's the finale. You know, it's just ending. like, this was the first kid, but what happens in like five years? It's like, right. oh yeah, now the, like these kids go further, so let's send them in, you know, because that's gonna be more fun to watch. But that's the only thing that stops these people is they've never seen a child robot before, so I think they have a hard time processing, you know, like killing it or hurting it at all, and so then that's the only reason it gets away. But yeah, who knows? You know, yeah. in ten years, they're just been like, no, send the kid first; those are more fun to watch. As
2: soon as you get, as soon, like, you know he doesn't turn into your butler when you get sick of him in 10 years and, and Martin turns 18 and whatever, like Mm -hmm. you just send him to the flesh fair. And then he is, he he is the grand finale, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, you guys brought up some great points and like, I think this movie does have like several different themes um, that it does play on um, that, you know, brings in like the thought um, makes the thought provoking. Um, So it provokes thought. <laughs> and, and perhaps that's why I wanted to pose the question because to me, like, that there, there's like there's themes that are intended to be in the movie that are not like an agenda. Like this is telling right. a story. It's it's using this theme as as a way for you to maybe empathize and maybe understand a story from a different perspective. Uh, but it's not it's not trying to. I feel like to me an agenda is the director, the producers, the writers got together and said this is what we want the audience to take away. Mm-hmm. from this movie. Um, and we want to change their mind in regards in regards to this. To me, like that's the agenda. So like Michael Moore's the perfect example of a guy who, you know, directs things with an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like a movie that's like heavy on themes, uh, isn't so much that way. Although I think I wanted to that's why I wanted to address this, was because I feel like some people, especially today, like if this movie came out in 2021, you would have I could just see on Fox news talking about this movie, talking about, you know, now Hollywood wants robots to replace the family. <laughs> you know, they want to normalize robots, you know, being, you know, the <laughs> just sex devices and, and all that. Whereas like anyone who watches this movie does not walk away wanting a robot in their family. Right. Yeah. They do. Maybe in July. maybe. Jula. Yeah, so
0: what if I want a sex robot? It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> creating jobs. We have a sex robot plant here. I work. just
2: want to like, he can go do his job and come back. I, I just want, want to hang him to be my buddy. He's yeah. fun. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> if he's I like a, a walking stereo downtown. like that, just cracks his neck and yeah. you throw on the song. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, I, and I, I agree with you guys like the, the, and, and more often than not, uh, when people are in ups and arms about a particular agenda, usually the agenda that the move or the theme, usually the theme that they're accusing of being an agenda is usually like inclusion and yeah. something positive and they just mm-hmm. are like threatened by they, they feel targeted um, by being the bad guy portrayed you know in the, the movie which is more of a more of a conviction for them than it is you know mm-hmm. the movie yeah Um. so I guess uh, wrapping this movie up uh, where does Teddy lie on the Rushmore Mountain of anthropomorphic <laughs> bears these are OR scrubs Oh, are they?
2: I actually got more excited about this question. When I first saw it, I hadn't seen the movie yet. I saw this outline before the movie. And I was just like, I don't know, man. Like, I couldn't really think of it. But then when I started to actually think about it, I got more excited about it. Um, and I put together my, my... So, if they don't... If, if, they, if the category is just anthropomorphic, then that's I can do that. I don't know about robot bears. I only know of one and it's in this movie. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, I would that's... put them on. I'd put them on my list. I'd have Teddy uh, from this movie. I would have Ted from, of course, Ted um, blue, like any Rushmore that doesn't have blue for their anthropomorphic bear, like it's trash. either they haven't seen it or they are. Yes, trash. <laughs> uh, and throw them to the flesh the flesh fair um and then uh uh lots of hugging bear lotso from toy mm-hmm. story 3
3: mm-hmm.
2: um that's one of my those are the first four that i thought of i also and as a uh, honorable mention and i don't know if it counts but when they wear the bear suit in super troopers
3: <laughs>
2: mm. <laughs> the bear fucker scene we'll count it it's just that's the first thing i thought of i was like that's not really a but it's just funny so it's yeah. funny those are my four with my questionable honorable mention
0: and neither of you have seen midsummer right no i have not okay I'm, I'm gonna make you guys watch that <laughs>
2: <laughs> well alex and i started it uh and then we stopped for whatever reason i can't remember
0: but nice um for mine like my brushmore, i guess would be like again like blue i think is has to be there and this is kind of blues twin since it's like used a lot of the same animation, maybe Little John from oh, Robin yeah. Hood. Use oh, a, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, he would pop up on there too. Um the first one that I think I can really remember as a kid that I remember watching quite a bit was Yogi Bear. Oh um, yeah. Um so I probably throw him on mine and then a good one. Yeah, I feel like you just gotta go with with Pooh. Like it's yeah, it's just kind of a classic. So I think that would probably th- that would make up my uh or Rushmore.
1: Oh, bother.
0: It's great. I actually now feel Rush weird bear that Mountain? I don't. Hey. Rush bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: actually have, now I'm feeling self conscious that I didn't put Winnie the Pooh on my. I'm going to leave it. You know, it's, you have to, it's, lost it's etched into the stones. In, it's uh, out yeah. in
0: space now. <laughs> it's recorded. <laughs> Damn it.
1: So. Good to have some
0: diversity, though. I like yeah. seeing Lotso on there. Yeah.
1: Lotso's great. Uh, mine would be Paddington. um mm. So hold on. Is is Paddington really good?
2: Or is it just a meme? I see like, especially Paddington too, I see it all over Twitter. Paddington is
1: unironically good. Okay.
0: I feel like we need to watch it. I haven't seen either of them. And I
1: okay, we do need to watch it. So I I've seen parts of the first one, um, and I saw it after I saw the second one. Okay. I took the I took the kids to the second one as like a throwaway movie. Like, Oh. oh, a kids movie. Right now, uh, Paddington Two. Let's go sure, see it. Yeah. I loved yeah. that movie, dude. I loved. You Grant, okay. right? Yeah. see the first one. You Grant. All right. Yeah. Grant, I, yeah. I
2: I just see it like there's like these uh you know whatever bot accounts or whatever that just respond to any popular <laughs> trending tweet with mm-hmm. yeah like Paddington Two and I'm like I, like I I just don't know what's going I, I think on there. So.
1: There is a joke around it just because like it's Paddington Two. Yeah. You know, but it is unironically good. Like, okay
0: yeah it was like the top rated rotten tomatoes movie till just recently <laughs> yeah it was like a hundred percent like whatever and the, then, see then now
1: they, i'm so
2: paranoid i feel like you guys are in on it
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, see, no i haven't seen them at all I, my <laughs> wife makes become, fun a, of yeah. me about paddington and okay. i still think i, you see I want paddington to watch too. it so this pod might be the perfect excuse like i've been leaning towards uh you know possibly doing like animation for my next round so maybe that'll I think that kind of qualifies somehow. I don't know. Sure. If we got a way to get yeah. Paddington in there.
2: I mean, we could just do a watch party. The is Paddington two watch, watch party. We could do a double is it good.
0: little pods, open spaces that we could just fill in with Paddington. Let's do it. Little padding. Little yeah. so, so Paddington
1: unironically <laughs> takes number one spot. <laughs> okay. Um, Great. Lou. I guess I put Paddington on there twice. <laughs> just really um, hitting home. Te- Teddy from this movie. What did I do on this? I put blue. think twice. you put your
0: Rushmore at the end. You put oh, okay. Paddington blue at the beginning, but then you put your four at the end.
1: Okay, I'm an idiot. Can't read. Uh, Paddington Teddy blue. Don't and talk Pooh. about my friend Matt that way. <laughs> You're not Sorry. an idiot.
0: My arch nemesis Matt. <laughs> no, my, that was my, last episode. <laughs> oh, that's We're right. friends that's now. Cool now. There, yeah. That's fine.
1: <laughs> um, my honorable mention would be the the townsperson bears from. Babes in Toyland. Oh, that's so good.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. I didn't oh, think man. of that. That's That'd great. Be really good. Ooh, yeah. Um, the one thing that kind of came up that we haven't talked about. I know we're r- wrapping it up here, but I was curious if this is one of the last movies to show the Twin Towers before 9/11. I had the same because thought because this came out I think in like June of 2001, mm. and so like three months later, 9/11 happened. They left it in there yeah and it just got me thinking about it like i wonder what because like spider-man like two or spider-man they took them out you know before the 2002 release like i pulled up a list and there's a lot of you know things that removed them and whatever but i was kind of curious if this was like the last release that left them in um
2: and it it looks like it's,
0: it's one of them for sure
2: it is interesting the way that they show them too because they are toppled and they fly an aircraft through the rubble. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, Oh shit. That's like, it's shocking to see that. And there's no way that gets made now. There's no way that scene happens now. Unless they make reference to it in like Rick and Morty, but it's just like, you have to have that sort of show and that sort of tone to be able to pull off. A world yeah trip, a, a twin towers scene mm-hmm. yeah there's wow.
0: a a movie you know i don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it but they turn that into the ending scene where like the main character is in the twin towers and that's like the last shot of the movie it's like like on september 11th like oh okay but that came out like in 2010 uh yeah so i just got wondering like i wonder if this was the last one Looks like death to smoochie came out in 2002 Mm-hmm. and they shot in new york um, oh, okay. up until may of 2001 um so it may have been like the last one to shoot it and put it in the theaters but i mean there's a you know in theory this movie still in theaters from 9 11 happens you mm-hmm. know and that's just kind of crazy to think about like yeah i don't we don't need to go out on like a bummer of a note, but it's just something that <laughs> always obviously sticks out whenever we see pre-2001 new york skylines like oh man Yeah. That's like, it's, it just hits you. I think it has to, you know what I mean? If you're, if you were alive to see them, you know, when they were there and now it's just like, Oh, it's kind of, now it's a decision. Cause you could, you could remove them, Mm -hmm. you know, like you could take them out and digitally alter it. But yeah, I don't know. Kind of just something that popped up in my head.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I had the same thoughts uh, watching that. And I always like, because that's such like a core event in our lives, Mm -hmm. it's always like, yeah, I mean it it's always such an interesting experience seeing it, you know, even when you're watching an old movie it's like, oh, there's there's the World Trade Center. Yeah. And especially in the context of this movie where it was that literally that year. Mm-hmm.
2: It is interesting to think about the erasure of the twin towers, you know, like yeah. I know obviously movies that were filmed before 2011 that we're not going back and taking them out, but it yeah. is it is an interesting thing to think about uh just, I, I guess I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but the whole, the whole uh, mantra behind nine 11. And it's something that, you know, I think we should do is to, is to not forget it, you know, mm-hmm. Uh never forget nine 11, but at the same time we, we like actively try to erase <laughs> depictions of it. I don't know. It's an interesting yeah. thing. And like, like if you were to make a movie now set in, 1980 or whatever, you know, I don't know when those things were built 1995, let's say like, and you put them in, I wonder, has that happened recently? A movie made after nine 11. I think I want to say it
1: has. Yeah.
2: I just wonder, I don't know. I just wonder what
1: I think around that time. It was just a weird thing where like, I think collectively people just didn't know how to address yeah that. and so the easy fix all was you know remove it that way yeah. we don't offend nobody and now we're at a point where maybe enough time has passed or we've just learned how to sort of approach yeah. it in a more respective respectful yeah i think way. you're
2: right i think it was more so just like it wasn't for the sake of not being offensive i just think it was like a little too close to home you know it mm. was just too much of a trigger i think for a lot of people probably so, yeah, I, don't, I guess there's probably there's not a 9-11 cancel culture or like erasure culture, I guess. I just it's just an interesting thing to think about. Like, we don't really see the Twin Towers a lot anymore. Uh, you know, maybe just by virtue of the fact they're not around anymore. But
1: um, yeah. yeah, it is. It's, it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you, everyone. Uh, is there anything else that anyone wanted to. To address about this movie.
2: I'm just surprised how much I want to talk about it. Cause I didn't really love the movie that much. I'm glad I watched it. And if you've made it this far, like you should go check it out. If for some reason you haven't already seen the movie. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cause it just, it seems like it should have hit all the beats for me. Like it, like it's, it's a, it's a good thought experiment. It's provocative. Um, there's some good performances, incredible visual effects, but something about it just fell flat for me. And it's just, so I'm like, I feel like I could talk about this movie for a while. So maybe it was, maybe I should give it more credit than I'm giving
1: it. it it's funny. Cause I mean, based off of some of the stuff we talked about, like you could give an elevator pitch that makes this movie sound like amazing. And it would yeah. just disappoint everybody. Like right. you touched on a couple of things. Like you have a robot that's designed to love emotionally. One that's <laughs> designed to love physically. And they are navigating their way through the future. Yeah. And <laughs> like a blind, like, that sounds like a really compelling movie Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just not as
0: good as that sounds.
2: Yeah. Damn you, Steven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The elevator pitch of like, you have a Kubrick passion project that he handed off to Spielberg. You have arguably the greatest child actor ever prime J law, mm-hmm. you know, Pinocchio story, you know, the story set in the future. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Like it's, I don't know when I'll watch this again, like everything that we've watched. I am glad that we watched it. You know, like it's, it's the whole purpose of this podcast. It's like, even though I had seen it before, I obviously forgot like mm-hmm. 70% of the movie. So it was good to, to revisit it. Um, but yeah, I think this more just falls into my Spielberg Haley Joel Osment completionist mindset. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool. I'm glad I've seen those On yeah. to the next thing.
2: Oh, and I did want to shout out while we were talking about Teddy. Uh, apparently, this was like far more difficult than it was to do the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park <laughs> and that sort of thing, because he's only three feet tall, but he has 50 points of motion, whereas the T-Rex only had 40 points of mo- motion and he's 30 feet tall, you know. So mm. uh, I thought that was interesting, you know, because Teddy was really well executed, mm-hmm. like they, they really did the job well. Um, But apparently it was extremely difficult and, you know, job well done. So shout out those VFX artists.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us uh, for this episode. Check out artificial intelligence. Check out all the movies on our Spielberg ground. Um, Check out all of our check out all of our videos while you're at it.
0: Yeah. Every single one. (laughs) Every every
1: episode Um, you can you can catch us anywhere. Spotify, uh, Apple Music, YouTube. And uh don't forget to subscribe to us or become a patron because we have uh perks that go along with that. Um, including us watching movies that you want us to watch.
0: So Yeah. Um Some patron exclusive episodes that we're gonna get out there yep. and a lot of cool stuff. And our next round we're getting to a second round of unsung gems, which I'm, I'm excited. excited about. Yeah. This is gonna be fun. I, I like the idea of making this somewhat of a regular thing so yeah this lists the, these three movies i think are going to be a blast to watch and talk yeah. about and we're finally getting the best weiler back on the pod you know that's right <laughs> which is good i <laughs> waiting for it <laughs> she'll be back cool well
1: thanks everybody and we'll catch you next time thanks See everyone you.
0: Sucks. Yeah. You? Yeah, you know, not bad actually. I I met a girl. She's a cashier. No way, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we should fucking double date or something. You, me, and Laurie, and uh,
1: what's her name? White trash name, guess. Mandy. Nope. Marilyn. Nope. Brittany. Nope. Tiffany. Nope. Candace. Nope.
2: Don't fuck with me on this. I'm I know not, this shit. Do you see me fucking with you? I'm not, All right, I, speed run. I'm going to rattle off some names when
1: I hit you it. Fucking it. buzz it, okay? I will tell you. You got me? Yeah. All right, Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny, Krista, Mindy, Noel, Shelby, Trina, Reba, Cassandra, Nikki, Kelsey, Shauna, Jolene, Earlene, Claudine, Savannah, Casey, Dolly, Kendra, Collie, Chloe, Devin, Lou, fucking Becky? Nope. Wait, was it any one of those names with a Lynn after it? Yes.